This is the Awkward Artist Podcast, and I'm your host, Aboya Day. Now, before we get to the meat of this podcast, I have to tell you that there is a pre-narrative that needs to be told about how this episode actually came to be. And so I will begin by telling you a little bit about our guest, Larry Crone. Larry is an artist, but he isn't just any artist. He is a fine art artist. He's a storyteller, entertainer, performer, songwriter, playwright, costume and fashion designer. He is the founder, CEO, and HDIC for the House of Larian, designing for celebs like Bridget Everett. And last but not least, he's a fan favorite at Joe's Pub. And for those of you who know the performance and entertainment scene in New York City, you know that Joe's Pub is a really big deal. Larry's CV includes exhibits, showcases, museums, and collaborations with some of the most prominent artists in New York City. He has made a living in the toughest showbiz town in the world. And he doesn't do it half-assed, y'all. Larry does everything exceptionally well. So imagine, I was over the moon when Larry agreed to be a guest on The Awkward Artist. Soon, it dawned on me, and I became very aware that I was going to have to come correct. And this podcast needed to be done in the most professional and intentional way. I needed to bring my A-game. Having confirmed Larry wanted to do the show, I get a date and time locked down. I send a meeting invite that includes timed notifications that would remind us both that in one week, in one day, and in one hour, on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, he and I are going to discuss our topic, paying your dues versus exploitation and how you can tell the difference. In my mind, I was ready to be the perfect podcast host. Wait, strike that. I was going to be the perfect professional podcast host. And so I ran podcast phone drills with my BFF the day before to make sure the equipment worked. I had my questions ready. I had wordy banter planned and ready to use. I was going to do and be the most. Now, what I'm about to share with you, only a couple of other people know. The day before, I had already recorded an episode and it had gone well. In fact, it gone better than well. My questions led to thoughtful, authentic answers. I was able to pivot and get back on course when the guests and I strayed. There was wordplay and laughter. And it was like if Oprah and Brene had had a baby, it would have been me. I was on fire recording this good and relevant content. But as I went to hit the replay button, I ended up actually deleting the recording. It happened so fast I didn't have time to be devastated. I began talking myself down off the ledge after making this huge mistake. I told myself, this happens to everyone. This is par for the course and all is not lost. I could still savage this season and create some good content, starting with Larry. Tuesday morning arrives, and to ensure I don't make the same mistake, I attach a post-it to my recorder that says this button. I call Tracy, my best friend, to ensure that the phone and pod track are in sync. All systems are a go. I check and I double check. And with the time I have left, I grab my journal, set my intentions, 
meditate, and say a prayer of gratitude. 11.30 arrived. I put on my headset. I dialed Larry's number. He answered. And immediately I could tell something was wrong with the sound system. But I pressed play and pushed forward anyway. And as we were talking and dialoguing, the quality of the recording was progressively getting worse. And honestly, y'all, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle myself. But it didn't matter because suddenly there was this loud popping sound and the entire system shut down. I had no idea what was happening except for what was happening was not good. Know that I was embarrassed, y'all. And my imagination ran wild with what Larry was really thinking of me and how I was wasting his time with my foolishness and unprofessionalism and this a crazy attempt of mine at being a podcaster. And while I knew there would be no shaming or admonishing as that is just not who Larry is or what he does, I did kind of expect to hear a little disappointment in his voice. Come on, the man gave up his lunch hour for nothing. But he was not disappointed. At least he didn't show it to me. Instead, he told me to call him back so we could do it again. In my disbelief, I asked if he was serious. And he said, yeah, I really want to do this. Now, admittedly, in that moment, I was not encouraged by his show of grace as I was still wrapped up in my own disappointment in myself. But I said okay to his offer, hung up the phone, and proceeded to cry until my eyes were swollen. It took me a week to get myself together. But that's the thing with grace when it's extended. It waits patiently for us to accept its many gifts. And even as I prepared for take two, I was stuck, unable to fully process both the deletion of the first recording and the non-existence of the second. I needed to talk about this incident. And the only way for me to move forward was to name it and claim it. And who better to talk to than the one who bore witness to it all? And... While I would have preferred not to have fallen on my ASS at all, I am thankful that it was with Larry because I truly believe the lesson he needed to teach and I to learn is guilt, shame, and regret are not an effective means by which we should handle those awkward moments when we are unable to reach our goals, our dreams, or the expectations of others. He showed me the way through failure is by extended grace to myself and others. Now that I've had a chance to talk with Larry in detail about our first go around, I have thus moved on and placed this incident where it belongs in the chapter titled Lessons Learned. And with this hindsight, while I would have preferred not to have fallen on my ass at all, but since I did, I am thankful that it was with Larry because I truly believe the lesson he needed to teach and I to learn is that guilt, shame, and regret are not effective means by which we should handle those awkward moments when we are unable to meet our goals, dreams, or the expectations of others. By showing me grace, Larry showed me that the most effective way through our failings is by grace. Uh, I could be in the exact same position if I decided to do a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's no bother for me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm 
flattered anyone wants to talk to me and and uh and uh you know have me be a guest on their podcast and um uh, i've been looking forward to having a good conversation with you because we always do even when the microphones aren't aren't on so um uh yeah it didn't it it i could tell that you were rattled you know and um i just you know wanted to make sure you knew that it wasn't you know i wasn't uh i didn't have a problem with it you know it didn't make me feel less about like what you were capable of or anything like that and um i certainly would have the time to do it again so let's just do it and here's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. You know why it was mm-hmm. so difficult for me and why I, it took me a week to pivot. Mm-hmm. A yeah. week to pivot from that experience. And simply because, one, I think the world of you, you are an exceptional <laughs> artist. You are a songwriter. You. you are a mm-hmm. You design costumes. You are a designer, a clothes designer. You mm-hmm. are a performer. You are an entertainer. And so you are a success to me. Mm-hmm. And granted, I don't know a lot behind the scenes <laughs> and how you got there and all of the things. I'm missing a bunch of pieces of the puzzle. But mm-hmm. the way that you go about your professional life because people seek you out to solve problems in their (laughs) own artistry. And you know that this is true. Like you are Mm -hmm. sought after because of your unique talents. You're good at what you do and you are a problem solve of, excuse me, problem solver, period, point blank. And so, (laughs) um, thinking about that, I, and our friendship is so new and we don't hardly yeah. ever get to talk to each other or any of those things. And like meeting you was just like, I don't know, um, like meeting somebody, reconnecting with somebody that yeah. I lost touch with. And so, <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. right, to fall flat mm-hmm. on my face in front of you and you, <laughs> you work in the entertainment industry with mm-hmm. prominent names and we don't need to mm-hmm. name them. But you do. So I know that there's um, a bar of excellence, right? Mm -hmm. Even for the the amateur, such as myself, a newbie. So I just, and still, I'm still all kinds of nervous. Like I'm scared the dog is going to bark. I have moved from the from my my guest bedroom where my desk is and all of my mm-hmm. setup is i've moved to my bedroom because of the sound there are people by the pool and they are living their best <laughs> lives and you know <laughs> i can't you know i'm not that chick is gonna go out and yeah. <laughs> be like uh can y'all quiet down i'm making history and art in here mm-hmm. no so yeah. <laughs> i've moved and i've saged and i've done all of the things so mm-hmm. um i want to talk to you about your failures because you or the times that you felt like you failed because yeah i know that you didn't get where you are today by being mm-hmm. an all a smooth road. Nobody does. And so oh, no. talk to me yeah. a little bit about um, how you get through failure when you're young, a young artist, mm-hmm. failure when you're, you know, your mid thirties and failure now. I think I'm older than you, so I can, I'm in my fifties. <laughs> so I'm, in my, I'm 53. I'm 53 right now, so um, I won't ask how old you are. 50s is enough. <laughs> I, I am. I am fast approaching. We will be the same age in September. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so I guess I just seem really youthful. <laughs> you do. You really do. No, oh, I think I seem exactly my age. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not older or whatever. I mean, older's not bad either. But um, no, I mean, Jesus, like. I mean, for one thing, that um, is such a huge compliment. Thank you. What you said about like people seeking me out for problem solving—that's exactly what I would wish to do. I mean, it's, it's like when it comes down to it, making art, or I mean, I suppose other careers also. It's like it's about solving problems, and 
you know, it gets boring if you just know exactly what's going to happen and there's no new problems to solve. Um, and I also think that no matter how seasoned you get, like you also mentioned, you know, I work with uh, people who are prominent or whatever. And sure, I do. I mean, this isn't like a long list of that, but but I think everyone is always learning as they go. I mean, you know, you can't be prepared for anything that's going to come your way. Um, you know, at a certain point, you do gain some experience. You know, I've definitely gained experience along the way. And, you know, people who I know who are like really doing, uh, having a lot of success in like, you know, sort of mainstream show business, you know, um, they have enough experience that they really know what to expect in, in certain circumstances but still there's all everyone's always confronted with with new things um and I, you know i constantly am it's always like a fake it till you make it situation with me you know i, I keep thinking i've settled and i'm not gonna have to face new things that i don't know how to do but um i constantly am like right now i have um like my my career started off really as like visual art um uh, I mean, before I went to art school, I did, I did, was in bands and stuff. So that's where I sort of got started with music and stuff. But um, uh, I was doing visual art, and then I've sort of, um, that's where my career started. That's where I, like the beginning of sort of like really sort of presenting myself to the world was as a visual artist. And um, uh, but now it's just so mixed up with performance and singer singing and songwriting and costume making and fashion and um now i'm doing like tomorrow i'm doing a photo shoot with my friend uh, bridget everett who i make her her uh, her stage gowns and costumes and stuff for her and i'm doing a i'm styling a photo shoot uh like a fashion photo shoot for her and i mean that's something i would never have imagined doing um because i've like the worst taste <laughs> that's not like true looking, that is not true looking. at all i've seen your work and it is definitely <laughs> like you make her look so beautiful and she is so confident when she is wearing your pieces like i yeah. um you know bridget is She's full-figured, and she mm -hmm. owns it, and you dress her so well. Oh, I and Thank her you. costumes are amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You make me... No, I'm proud. I am pr definitely proud of what I do um, with Bridget and for Bridget, but um, I do feel like my... Like, I don't have, like, a like a polished taste, <laughs> taste level. <laughs> and it just always cracks me up when people ask me for my opinion about, like, you know what shoes to wear or like how to accessorize and that's like exactly what i'm doing with this photo shoot and i de i definitely have my own taste like i know what i like and i know what i think is going to put a smile on my face or, or look good but still the idea of being the authority on that is um something new for me and um uh you know i can do it i've done it a, a few times before but um and i'll do it again but uh <laughs> it's just you know it's it's one of those things where you're sort of like setting yourself up like you with the podcast you know it's like you don't really know what I'm doing and um, I can only do what I know and uh, I'm definitely setting myself up to possibly fail or um, you know do something that is ends up being bad but yeah, I'm just gonna do it anyway. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, I will I will say yes to almost anything. Really? Well, I'll see, I yeah. here's the thing. The difference between mm -hmm. you and me is that you're quick on your feet. I'm a late mm -hmm. bloomer, period, point blank. Uh -huh. I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a reason I'm a late bloomer. And adding to that, right? I'm slow to get there anyway. Mm -hmm. To pick it up, to move, figure it out. So failure is always lingering in, in the, in the back, back of my mind, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so when you say things like you're not polished or I, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of funny because I'm not polished. I'm not sophisticated. Uh -huh. um, I am trying real hard to uh, channel my Oprah Winfrey and Brene Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like I'm scared I'm not going to show up or the appropriate mm -hmm. 
personality isn't going to show right. up, right? Like, the list goes on. But mm-hmm. when you are um, out there and, you know, sh- shit happens, you know. Right. Um, you're, again, you're, you're sought after because you are quick to think on your feet. You can turn mm-hmm. a situation around. And how has that served you? And is that something that you just always kind of had was, you mm. know, the quick turnaround, the the ability to pivot quickly and nobody's the wiser, right? That, <laughs> that it was a fail is, or is that something you've had to stretch and grow a muscle? Um, actually, I think that the, I think the, you know, in the situations where I really have flailed or I like find myself like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What I what I draw upon is just the sort of kind of energy I had as a teenager. I mean, I feel like in some ways I've never grown out of it. The sort of I mean, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, are in a, a, a suburb called University City or U City, and um, we were like kind of a. I mean, depends on where you were, but in some ways, people people around the other the county and the other suburbs thought that we were like a tough suburb and um the my sort of group of friends like we didn't have a name for ourselves um but just in a general way you could call us sort of punky kids like punk kids okay and um uh and i think what we had in common um we all didn't dress the same necessarily um you know there were some people who dressed in you know, in a way that you would describe as, as sort of punk rock, and some kids were just sort of more hippies. Some people were doing like what you now call goth, whatever. But we all just sort of had a rebellion, and we were all sort of like enjoyed being bad and um, sort of going against what was expected of us. And um, I still enjoy that. So um, when I'm, you know, like <laughs> it drives my husband Jim crazy. Or I mean, I think he's entertained <laughs> by it, but still, it makes him nervous because. I will court sort of failure on stage sometimes. Like I'll just sort of like say things I know people are going to hate. Okay. okay. <laughs> or like not it. get, I love you know, that. Okay. <laughs> like I, like this is a long time ago, but we went out on stage for a new year's Eve concert. And I went there just saying like, it drives me crazy when people say happy new year's instead of happy new year or happy new year's eve just happy new year's <laughs> and so i went out there and just said happy new year's over and over again and <laughs> <laughs> expecting people to get the joke but like everyone was just like okay when's it gonna stop saying happy new year's you know so those, i just do things like that to entertain myself so i guess in a way it's like a, a way to be sure that if i do something that's accidentally fucked up that the scene's already set, you know? Okay. <laughs> the stage is already set for, like, that kind of failure. Um, I've already done it deliberately, so you can't get much worse. I don't know. So you do flex that muscle. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. And see, I grew up not, f- failure was not an option, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was, you um, you don't get second chances. Nobody's going to extend you grace you know, mm-hmm. so again, when you did extend me grace, it was just kind of like, wow, look at this. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you so much. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I hope you get more of that because really it is, you know, you deserve it. I mean, you deserve it. Everyone deserves it. I mean, you can't perform perfectly every single time you, you try something new. You know, I mean, it'd be amazing if it worked out that way. But um, I can't imagine like the other option of like what was i going to do like yell at you and or just like <laughs> like could hang have, out the phone or yeah like, <laughs> like uh avoid a no thank you get your shit together <laughs> right but like you could have just said nice try um mm. good luck in the future you actually yeah. offered yourself up one more time mm. like do you know people that that is not everybody's like that. Not everybody yeah. has the time to say, um, I'm going to, let's do it again. I know mm-hmm. 
I know what's happening. I've been there. And I can't right. even say that I necessarily would have. I would like to think that I would have done mm -hmm. that for somebody. But until you showed me. Uh-huh. Right? That that is something that you can do. Mm -hmm. Right? And usually it's, you know, better luck, better luck next time, kid. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. You we know? Just, we try, gave it a try, like, you know. Hope you have better luck with someone else. I guess. I mean, uh, I don't know. I. I mean, I don't. I don't know that there that I would do that even if somebody I didn't like very much, unless I've been, you know, abused by them in some other way. You know, uh, um, someone I felt like was really taking advantage of me. But um, that's certainly not what was ever happened with you. But you know, someone's trying their best. You were. I mean, you weren't. You didn't do anything uh wrong you just like had some technical things that you hadn't quite figured out and, and who cares I mean, it doesn't it wouldn't have made sense to me to um have made you feel bad about it what's the point true and mm -hmm. may you may have not others may not have made me feel bad but they right. would mm -hmm. have definitely been like <laughs> Okay, right. I, I yeah, I don't want no parts of this. Um, yeah. take me off your list, and when you get better at it, maybe we'll we'll see, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, you are someone trusted in the entertainment industry in mm -hmm. fashion, mm -hmm. right? So, um, but then again, you've got nothing to lose with me because. I'm, and and not to say that I'm not a nobody, but literally mm -hmm. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you are somebody. I'm somebody to you, you yeah, in the mall. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> who who had to listen to me cry for an hour and a half <laughs> after the after the mm -hmm. incident? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. Uh, you know, but actually, you know, I don't really make, mean to make you feel like there's nothing like you don't like you're not justified in feeling messed up about about failing that way because i mean for me though it was easy to just be like this is fine but you know you you'd invested a lot in that and you were like nervous and you wanted didn't want to let me down and whatever so um it was a different story for you i i my my job was easy but no i've certainly been i don't, I don't know if Usually when I've had my own failures, it's been, it felt more personal. Like I haven't involved, you know, people that way, but no, I mean, I don't just, it doesn't just roll off my back. Like I'm talking about on the stage, you know, it's, it takes some, some healing, <laughs> you know, and some just feeling bad, you know, maybe like long spells of depression, you know, whatever. <laughs> <Like sometimes. laughs> Mine is the long spell of the depressions with some bluebell ice cream. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets bad. I'm like, I'm burning mm. the whole fucking house down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever it takes, we all have our reactions. But no, I'm a. I don't want to make it seem like you know I'm not affected by when I really fuck up, you know, or when things don't go my way. That's happened a lot in my career um there's been a lot of times when i've been ready to quit totally quit you know um because i just can't take the rejection and the and the failure anymore you know it's a lot of that if you're going to do something that requires someone else to help you get there you know like mm -hmm. there's gatekeepers in the art world and there's gate people you know there's audiences and there's there's press who may or may not decide to write about you. You know, there's the money that you may or may not make. Um, you know, there's some real low points when um, it's, it just doesn't seem worth it, you know. So then but, talk to me yeah. a little bit about the difference between, because rejection can feel like failure. And mm -hmm. when, um, especially in, in the entertainment and art world, Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily you, but the gatekeep gatekeepers kind of deal. Like right. how mm -hmm. how do you navigate the difference between knowing that like you failed, like whether it's technical, something on your end, and you're just not being appreciated, right, and or rejected? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, it's, well, I mean, it's, there's a few different questions in there. I mean, one of them, one of those is just frustrated frustration because, you know, I'm not, I'm not like so extra full of myself, but I have, um, you know, paid a certain amount of dues and, and I have confidence in my work. I think that I, I do good work. And so to be, you know, to have a hard time breaking through, you know, and there's, you know, and if you, and just because you're breaking through once, broken through once doesn't mean that you are just set. You have to constantly prove yourself in all of these fields. Um, uh, I just, I feel the frustration at, um, dumb gate, gatekeepers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yes. People who I'm at the mercy of people who I don't really have much respect for. And it's like, how do I appeal to um, someone who I may not really believe in, but I need them to um, approve of me in order to advance my career or get an audience or, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that to me is the more frustrating thing. I mean, yes, I also do feel like sometimes, you know, you know, as we get older, I'm like, oh, am I just doing things that is not relevant to, you know, a bigger population anymore? Like, is I just speaking a different language, you know, um, or, you know, at the times when I'm, I feel like I'm failing or being rejected a lot. That's, those are the kind of thoughts that I have. And I mean, the real the real defense to that, I mean, it's not, it's not a good one, but it's, but it's like, it's that I don't have anything else to do. I mean, there, I mean, I've, I'm like, could get a different kind of a job going to a different profession, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm smart enough to work a cash register or whatever it may be, or, or Lord knows what other like the career I would go into, but what I am is an artist and, and, um, that's, what I can do and that's what I've set up my, my life to do. So I'm just like, okay, there's really isn't an option. I'm stuck here. I mean, I'm going to have to figure out how to make this work. Um, that's, that's sort of, I mean, at the, at the worst moments, at the lowest points uh -huh. I do, I need to make myself believe that I do have the option to quit. Yeah. You know, that, that I really don't need to do anything that I, that makes me that, unhappy you know like i can just i can do i can quit if i really want to i can quit and do something different but um usually what it comes down to is that you know so much of the joy i can get out of life is in creating some form of art you know so i don't really want to give that up you know, i just have to find a way to make it work so that brings me to the question of which you kind of answered is mm -hmm. because you love it so much whether rejection failure whatever it is win lose draw that is what keeps you coming getting up every morning and back at it and recreating mm -hmm. doing your art um I would say that for me I just for the very first time ever I felt like I know what I'm supposed to be doing for mm -hmm. myself rather than, you know, making ends meet, um, getting food on the table, taking care of my kid and figuring mm -hmm. out. So this was like, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And as yeah. I started to um, hone in on this idea of doing a podcast it became really, mm -hmm. really, really clear. But then again, on the 2nd, May 2nd, <laughs> I did question myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, is this what I'm even supposed to be doing? Because <laughs> like, you suck at it. <laughs> girl, you don't even know how the machine works, girl. <laughs> you know, just like kind of all of the, the things is like, and you erased your first first mm -hmm. episode. Mm -mm. Oh God, you that know, must have just felt so bad. Yes, and all my <laughs> dreams of sponsorship 
coming to pull me out of the corporate world. Because <laughs> trust me, when I got back home, I was like, girl, you got to get up and go to work for the man. <laughs> uh <-huh. Right. laughs> Your podcast dreams <laughs> have been dashed. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's how it ended up because... Uh... I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> I hope so. At the very uh -huh. least, I, you know, I just, I hope that um, my goals are just kind of set, you know, this first season up and we'll see what happens. But yeah. listen, um, I just think the world of you and, you yes. know, I know we were supposed to talk about what were, what was the last one supposed to be? I don't remember. Um, um... Oh, paying your dues versus getting exploited or something yes, like that? Yes, 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 mm -hmm. yes. And then yeah. when I fell on my face, I was like, you know what? Let's talk about <laughs> this. This, is, this yeah. is the topic, you know? I think it's, I think that's right. I think this is, this is better. I mean, that's, the other one was a good topic, but it's, it makes more sense. We can really just talk about something that we experienced together, you know? Okay. So mm -hmm. before I let you go, I got a couple of questions. Yeah. Okay. What are you working on right now? And answer that, and then I'll ask the last one. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm working on a few things at once. At this precise moment, I'm working on um, it's like a textile piece, um, and I've I've been working on the series for a while now, like years now, where I um I find um embroideries and sort of craft things that people have made usually in thrift shops uh -huh. um, and then i add to it um, sometimes i put them together like different people's work together and then i'll i'll collage I'll sew them together into sort of a collage in a way and then i'll cover them with sequins mm -hmm. um, and so i'm doing something like that now and the, the point of it is like really honoring the idea that there's somebody who I never met who has the same kind of impulse that I do to make, to make things and, um, and joining them with me and joining them with other people. And, um, it's, it's turned into like a symbol for like a family, like a sort of a chosen family or sort of like the idea of like harmony. I was thinking about it a lot during the pandemic, you know, like there are so many people around me who I couldn't stand their politics and, and, right. um, it ruined so many relationships and um, it was my way to sort of feel tender towards people who I imagine might be very, very different from me um, in that way. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of things you find, like I find things that were, are not things that I would choose um, for myself, like religious, um, you know, verses and really cute, um, sayings and you know right. of i don't know precious moments and things like that that are really not my my taste and and um but to then sort of honor those and use them together with my own work just seems like a way to create this imaginary sort of community or harmony so anyway that's what i'm doing and i'm and i'm this one piece that i'm doing is it's with um little pieces of a tablecloth just one person's tablecloth that i put together i rearranged and then and making these spirals in sequins using um, only these sequins that I got from uh, my friend Todd Oldham, who's a fashion designer. Uh -huh. You know, he's a just an artist in general, but he's 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 sort of known for his fashion design work, mostly in the '90s. And um, he gave me his whole um, sort of what was left from of the sequins from the nineties fashion stuff. And I have this, this enormous, like it's like a cabinet full of sequins <laughs> that are a little left over for him. So, I'm, so in a way it's like sort of Todd's aesthetics, which is a sort of nineties flashy sort of fashion aesthetic with this person who embroidered this tablecloth in the first place. And then me. So it's like sort of a collaboration between the three of us and I, it's taking forever. I it's love like, that. Yeah. <laughs> I love you is because you like nobody ever really talks about the self-reflection that's going on within an artist, right? It's always mm -hmm. the, the, the work itself. And mm -hmm. but you, you do the work 
that that's one of the reasons why I like I just see stars when I see you because you are a person who's like I want to love and extend love and grace mm -hmm. to others and you work mm -hmm. on yourself and you are so aware of your own feelings yeah. right mm -hmm. and um I'm a big fan of vulnerability and doing the work mm -hmm. and not many people that because that shit is not pretty <laughs> like you know well, what I mean actually, healing is yeah. not sexy or pretty at all and yet you take that and then you create these beautiful pieces of art and work and design for all of mm -hmm. us because you have taken the time but thank you thank you for, for seeing that yeah um yeah it's it's it has I mean I've always have been into like sort of long like labor-intensive type projects and things with details I just sort of like doing that kind of work but since and this really relates to this topic of failure um you know as the years have gone by and I've been doing you know I've had a, an art career for about 30 years um or really yeah about 30 years and um 25 or 30 years and um uh you know you don't get the re I don't get the rewards that I thought I was going to get you know, the, or the big rewards that I imagined that I might get, um, you know, I still don't have them really, like, you know, money and, and like tons of respect and, and I mean, I don't really necessarily care about fame, but I would like to be, you know, have my, my, my work respected in a certain way um, and acclaimed in a certain way. And, you know, that, that is, is not what I want, but um, like what, that I'm not at the stage right now in my career that I, that's what I expected, but the process itself has become such a big part of it. And, you know, I've learned to just in, to really get as much as I can out of um, thinking about it and really being with the work and, and um, uh, just the hours and the, and the thoughts and the, and the, 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 the concepts behind it. And that, that's so that no matter what happens in the end, I will have at least had the experience, you know, and really been present and and um, gotten everything I can out of the process of making it. So, um, so thank that what you just said is really true because that's exactly what I what happens to me when I'm working. Oh, I love that because mm -hmm. I actually have written here on my notes that mm -hmm. part of my own failure process, the mm -hmm. my my own the part of failing for me is process, process, process mm -hmm. is developing yeah. and refining that. And as a, I like to call myself an artist. It took me a long time to say yeah. that because I write. Yeah, good. Um, mm -hmm. When you my, dance. Yes. I'm not a very good one. I usually, Doesn't matter. Yes. Usually I don't know, I'm, not, I'm saying it doesn't matter because I've never seen you dance. I could, I would say. Oh, I can regular, I would, I would, yeah, I can contemporary <laughs> dance like on Soul Train and like, you uh, know, and I can salsa and work my way around. But like, actually, and I, I love Debbie Allen. I wanted to be oh her. God. Oh, my God. Like. I was, I was on the track. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. On the Same. track. Yes. On the track. Her, like, really? Yeah. I, I, I wanted to be, I was going to be a dancer and then I broke my back failure. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reason, I always say mm -hmm. for whatever season, reason, lifetime, that was not the, tr the, the way I was supposed to go. And right. so, um, a lot of a lot of personal things went along with that broken back when I broke my back when I was 15 and took me mm -hmm. down another path. And now I find myself the thing that I love, like I can't imagine. I dance every single day, every mm -hmm. single day. I used to write. I used to write rom romance novels. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That in, sounds great. Yeah. In the fifth grade mm -hmm. and uh -huh. um, fourth and fifth grade. And my dad got a hold of one. Mm -hmm. and I couldn't find my spiral because all everybody would read them at recess found uh -huh. one of my my romance novels I found it underneath his bed but I knew that I couldn't get my Why spiral was that back in his bed? because 
he was hiding he it from me. He didn't want you to write it? He did not. And I I was going uh, to pay for that later. And when I saw it under uh, his bed, it wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't retrieve it. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't get what would belong to me back because there was going to be a severe price to pay for that. And knowing that that was underneath his bed, mm-hmm. I knew that he knew and I was in trouble. So I stopped right. writing. So that took. Oh, that's awful. That's a whole nother um, mm-hmm. podcast episode for the two of yeah. us to talk about is <laughs> <laughs> what happens um, to a raisin in the sun. <laughs> the, you know, um, but to get back to the process, process, process. Wait, I want to tell you one thing about mm-hmm. Debbie Allen is that. Her on fame is one of my um, inspirations to have started to make costumes because there's like one scene, like, you know, that, that style of um, sort of dance, daytime dance wear, you know, those so popular in mm-hmm. the, in the 80s, 80s, early 80s, yes, like the they had their capizios, mm-hmm. their leg warmers, they had their <laughs> tights, their, their, they had their bikini bottoms over their tights and then walking yes. around and mm-hmm. um the over the, the flash dance sweatshirts she had like um a wrap around it was like an after it was like an after dance but still was like like you know some kind of dance yeah you know, the material thing yes and it, no it was a wrap around top oh and i was like so transfixed by because she's just like, talking to somebody while she's putting it on she like hooks it on the inside and then wraps it around the other end and i was like oh wow and honestly that is so inspirational to me almost every time that i design something thinking about like what's it going to look like when someone puts it on or takes it off um on stage because it's just such a dramatic moment to actually mm-hmm. get in or out of your clothes if it's done in a beautiful way so yeah so that's that's my debbie allen oh yes <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that she is just everything. She is all uh, of the things. Like she is a dancer, director. Like she has done it all. Singer, producer. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and again, you are in that same company, the multi-talentedness <laughs> in that knowledge. You know, so mm. um I hope that the fact that you your work is respected i respect your work oh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and people respect your work they respect your work mm-hmm. know that um again people <laughs> come to you because you are someone who's who solves problems you make life people you make people's life better in the work that oh, you do so period <laughs> point blank that <laughs> now i want to end this episode with a question and so i sent this to you earlier so it's not a secret i wanted to Mm. know your three favorite artists i wanted to do five but a friend of mine was like girl (laughs) five's a lot (laughs) like your three favorite artists that you that have influenced you you go back to um they don't have to be famous Mm -hmm. at all um and tell me why. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess I can be strict about those three because I I started you, you just like I don't know like fifteen minutes before you called me and you sent me that and I was like oh no like I, <laughs> and before I you can name down, them right <laughs> I jotted down like twenty so I'm looking at my list right now I'm gonna pick three out of them. Um, well, well, top of the list, but just the first one that came to my mind is Dolly Parton. Um, yes, I just love her. <laughs> I love her. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's such a, she's so open, and she like her songwriting is just so good. Sometimes it's like very, it's just it seems very basic in a way. Like it's, she's just saying like exactly, you know, what she's thinking, and and the rhymes kind of come later. Um, I don't know. She and just but besides that, like. Her style, the way she presents herself, like the the whole, um, it's like she's presents herself in, you know, the most done up sort of artificial way, the way she looks, um, which 
I happen to love that style anyway, but it's like, you know, there's you, it's hard to imagine what she looks like without makeup and those clothes and stuff. I mean, um, but at the same time, she manages to have everybody understand how authentic she is like, and how sweet and how real she is. And, and um, it's a, it's a great achievement. It's something that I, I really model myself after her in so many ways. Um, plus I can listen to Code of Many Colors and I Will Always Love You anytime, any day, and it'll make me cry. <laughs> Either those songs <laughs> and others too. Oh my um, gosh. Okay. I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan as well. I love that she does all of the things. Like she created Dolly is it Dolly World, Dolly Land? I've never Dollywood. been Dollywood, so that yeah. the people in her community in her town could mm -hmm. have jobs. Like, who who was doing? What woman was doing that back in the day? You right. know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, hats off, right? Like, she's amazing. She she donated a million dollars to get the coronavirus um, vaccine. Yes, and she takes and, care of people in her community. Yeah. So, like, um. Which is she has like a free book program for like elementary schools across the country. Yeah, like she, you can just keep going. Like she's just incredible, and and she's also made so much money. I mean, like which makes it impossible for her to do this stuff. But it's just incredible the way that she has managed her career. It's just like an inspiration for us all in so many different ways. Agreed. Absolutely yeah. agreed. Okay, mm -hmm. so Dolly's your first. Who's your second? Okay. I mean, I'm not putting them in order, but that's, that's okay. just, just well, literally just, at the top just, of my she's list. At the, yeah, so she's yeah. one. She that's the first, first artist. To mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we don't want to make no artist mad. Okay, but uh, um, I get it because I fluctuate too on mm -hmm. any given day. Somebody could yeah. move from second to third place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's so many, but, you know, I'm just going to put just because it, it, he came to mind and he popped out and he we have him, this person in common, Neil Medlin. He's a friend. Um, Neil, but um, yes. <laughs> he just graduated from, I can't remember if it's divinity school or seminary today, I believe, or maybe yesterday. Um, and it's his birthday on, well, I don't know when you're going to air this, but it's birthday is soon. Um, and um, anyways, he's, he's such a dedicated and incredible artist. You know, he does, um, he's one of those people who's just like constantly creating things and he's never shy to show his work. Cause I was like, oh, this is what I'm working on. And then, you know, you'll sit down and just like tell you all about it. Um, and um, he's a rapper like he does um you know rap that i think would actually qualify as just like regular music but it's also in the context of being sort of a performance artist uh -huh. yes um, uh, and um he puts um he puts on these you know performance art pieces um that sometimes could pass as just like regular entertainment and sometimes they are like you know really just dense with ideas and references and um and he and i really we really um relate to each other really closely on a lot of stuff um we also are in a, are in a songwriting group together and um uh, he brings new songs um every month um and we've worked together like i've done costumes and set for his performance pieces and performed in them so i don't know i'm a huge fan of neil medlin so okay. i'm gonna put my top three for today i've never mm -hmm. seen him perform yet live oh really yeah i have oh, got yeah, to it's... to change mm -hmm. that every time mm -hmm. he does it in the winter time Oh, is that? A, yeah. I so the last couple of pattern. times have been cold, yeah. and it's just oh, like, funny. and and when we the last time in February, he, it was postponed because of a snowstorm. We had gone because I was with mm -hmm. Mo. I don't know if you call Michelle Mo, but. Oh, <laughs> well, that's that's what we should tell our, our fans listening that he's actually instrumental in you and I knowing each other. Yes, you know, him and Michelle. Mo. Mo, I, Mo I just call her Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> Mo Dean, yes. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, I missed the show again. Now, I've seen the one on YouTube, but I've never gotten a chance to, again, like I said, see it live. And I would very mm. much like to change 
that. Oh, yeah. yeah you definitely yeah. give it the chance. You really, you really should. And he is an excellent, I, from what I saw, um, again, off of YouTube and previous performances, he is excellent. He's an, an mm -hmm. incredible performer. So, yeah. um, also excellent on the list. I keep going. You got, yeah. Well, I only have one left, and then I'm trying to decide between two people. Okay. I feel like I should put some. I will let you have four. I will let you. Oh, okay. No, no other four. guests okay. will be allowed. <laughs> okay. Give me four. So, um, my my second to last one is Annie Sprinkle. Um, have you ever heard of her before? I have. Because she's. I didn't want to say. I wouldn't. I would have said the last one instead of her if I didn't have four, because just because she's another performance artist. Okay. Um, but um, I was trying to be diverse in my sort of like, you know, my mix of styles, genres. But um, she, um, no, she um, is a performance artist. And she was once a, now the language keeps changing. She was once a sex worker and a porn star, um, if that's the correct thing, way to say it. But um, she um, then became more of a performance artist, I think also like sort of a healer. She gets sort of mixed up in like um, a lot of like I don't know, yeah, like like sort of sex therapy. Uh -huh. Anyways, she's like super inspirational to me. Um, I saw her perform in maybe like 1990 or 89 at the Kitchen um, in New York, and um, became a huge fan since then. She she's just like very um, it's very funny. She's very open about like um, her own body and sexuality. She, just, she used to do this thing called the bosom ballet, which was she would just she play music and she would just be topless and manipulate her breasts, you know, to the music. Oh, I love, <laughs> love, love that. With velvet gloves on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I have never heard of her, but like the mm -hmm. way you describe her speaks to mm -hmm. some of the things that I'm working through personally, like issues with my own body and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, she makes you feel really good about your body, even as a man, you know, as a cis man. It's like, um, I was just very, very affected by her. She did something called the pu public cervix announcement. I don't know if she says this or not, but where it's like she just puts a speculum in and people would line up with flashlight to look at her cervix. <laughs> you know, so at the same time, demystifying like, yeah, <laughs> the poos poos. It's sort of, right. It's like demystifying <laughs> the female body in a way, but it's also like you really are up close to like a woman's vagina. Um, I don't know. I just, um, she really, she really touches me. Um, and, um, yeah. I, I want to know so. more. I will be doing, mm -hmm. um, Annie sprinkles. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Look it up. Um, and the last one is, um, Felix Gonzalez Torres. I mean, there, there are lots of other visual artists who I could, I could also say, but, um, uh, but no, I also really, I really love Felix Gonzalez Torres's work. He's, uh, he died from AIDS, I don't know, in like the early 90s, I believe. Um, and his work is really inspirational to me because it's it, it's a lot of really beautiful objects and things that he makes. But a lot of the times, I'd say even most of the time, um, it's more like instructions. It's like, um, you know, a, a, like a work of art of his would be, of his would be like um, a pile of <clears throat> candy in the corner of a room. And... It's a certain kind of candy um, that has to have a silver wrapper, but in the instructions, it's like, well, if you can't find this candy, then find something similar. And it will be, I think, as much candy, it would be the, the weight of a person that he knew who maybe died from AIDS or something like that. And so people are invited to just eat the candy, but mm -hmm. the, at the end of the day, it has to be replenished to be the correct weight again. Um, so it's sort of things like that, or like strings of lights and, and um, or... Um, Everything is a little bit sort of not precious in a way, but he also, you know, when he started his career, he hooked up with a, a very um, savvy dealer who, art dealer, um, who knew how to handle this work and knew how to, to create a career for him in the commercial art world, which was also inspiring for me. It's like, oh, you can actually do crazy shit that seems like, no one would understand or nobody would accept as, you know, 
like a valuable work of art, but it actually he had a place for himself in that world, and he's like, you know, and at this point he's like super, and he's he's no longer alive, but his estate, I mean, it's like blue chip, like extremely successful. Okay. You know. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, love him. Okay. So mm, that's my four, I guess. Yeah. Well, you gave us something <laughs> to think about it because I, I want um, people to be inspired. And part of my process is um, mm. to stay into the flow of my art and my talent. Mm -hmm. I follow um, Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way. Oh, yeah. I yes. haven't really listened to that, but yeah. That's like a daily practice kind of thing? Um, yes. And so mm -hmm. um, I don't do, there are days like I will skip a Sunday or something. But um, one of the things is artist dates and mm -hmm. morning pages. And so looking to expand myself um, artistically and just open myself up. Like you, you gave me Annie Sprinkles and um, mm -hmm. this last artist. His name is Felix. How do you spell his name? Uh, Gonzalez, which is the okay. I think it, it with ends Z. with a Z. Yeah, and I think that and the last name is Torres T O R R E S, I believe. Okay. And and Annie Sprinkle does not have an S at the end of it. It's just Annie Sprinkle. Okay. Yeah. And so you so. gave me two artists that mm -hmm. definitely um, resonate with me completely mm -hmm. um you don't know this but um my dad was uh openly and again this was the 70s right um mm -hmm. so it wasn't lbgtq it was just lb um lb and t right right <laughs> maybe or drag queen rather you know right. what i mean not less mm -hmm. t but you know more drag queen Th that mm -hmm. was our vocabulary right along yeah. with other so um, you just called him gay but oh no bi, bi bisexual but you, right you called him bi yeah mm -hmm. and so uh, you did tell me that actually. and my dad raised me so mm -hmm. i consider myself family now which has mm -hmm. to me very little to do with my own sexuality but more of the way that i was raised open and so yeah. you spoke to me about two things right um mm -hmm. how my dad was very strict on us right and lived these this dichotomy of a life right and then mm -hmm. um growing up in during when the aids epidemic mm -hmm. pandemic was like serious and people were wanting other people to die and there there was no cure and still we're still struggling to to get one right for for mm -hmm. it to be considered um necessary research mm -hmm. so um when you speak of these artists they they resonate with me because it's part of my own develop my growing up and um I know again one of the reasons I'm I'm starting this podcast is cuz I get really frustrated when you talk about art and all you talk about is the end result and none of the right. stuff in between and it's always always it was so much fun and it was wonderful mm -hmm. and yeah. right and then nobody and then you find out in a book you know 20 years later that it, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't what you thought it was right mm -hmm. and so um i want us as human beings to tap into um other than what we know so mm -hmm. to speak and to look at life in different ways and so i would like to if it's okay if if mm -hmm. i can like add like a couple of links so if there are links yeah. you want me to um to post mm -hmm. we yeah, can post fine. them on the website so the um viewers can go check out their 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 artwork because what inspires yeah. you can inspire somebody else yeah if that makes definitely. sense I mean, you know what i mean yeah Absolutely. So, you know. I would love to turn people on to, uh, I think everyone already knows about Dolly, but um, they could learn, maybe everyone doesn't know about the other three. Yeah, they don't, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So mm -hmm. um, with that, I'm going to give you your evening back. And I just want to say thank you. This turned out way better mm, than I thought. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that's good. Keep our expectations low. They were low. I was like, turn the button on. (laughs) Make sure the batteries work. And now I figured out why it stopped recording because I'm um I use batteries and I need to figure out another way to do this. And so the day before Mm -hmm. when I recorded we had recorded yeah. for like over an hour and it used up all the juice because I've got a mic. I got the phone hooked uh-huh. up to this. I've got the uh-huh. headphones all hooked mm-hmm. up to this one system and it takes all of the juice, baby. So, oh, Lord. Well, now you know. Yes. You know, hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> and... Well, I enjoyed this very, very much. Really. Um and I'm excited to listen to it whenever. Yes. The goal mm-hmm. is, and we'll see if we listen to this. Um, I'm posting the very, my, my intro. Mm-hmm. What, when, where, why, how of right. the podcast. Like this, what this is going right? to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm going to get everything to the, um, to my editor so that we can determine like, clean things up, find out what's important, what's not, and then um, get it posted and figure out what's what's the best order. And so Mm -hmm. part of the process that you you had mentioned earlier is I figured out that part of my process in this failure Mm -hmm. is to do my intros after we have the conversation because I really don't know what we're going to talk about, right? Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, ugh, you know. Mm-hmm. the way you're doing it makes no sense, right? And of right. course, I'm sure somebody could have told me that or did tell me that. And <laughs> <laughs> I had an Eureka moment you. all my own. <laughs> and I probably got a friend that's like, yeah. I told that helper that last week. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she still insists on doing the intro first. Okay. Or she figured it out. She had a eureka moment, my ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> so listen, I hope real soon I get a chance to to hang out with you. I miss yeah, you me terribly. Yeah, me too. We can just sit and talk. And next time pancakes are on me, love. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll accept. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Well, great yeah, Take okay, care. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening. And until next time, forever your awkward artist, avoid it. <laughs>